what is up people i do hope that you're all doing well you are on the corner of 808 street west and 16th avenue where i the alchemist hold down the block and move 100 percent unadulterated bars as well as provide a weekly breakdown on topics that may be informative to anyone interested in the topic of music entrepreneurship or music in general but you know that right here on the block, we're all about hip-hop in particular. Welcome to episode three, which I have titled, Mind Your Business Like It's Your Music, and Mind Your Music Like It's Your Business. I know it's kind of like a few words shy of being a paragraph, but who cares, man? I'm out here trying to make a point to all the hustlers, you know, and seeing as we are on the hustlers' corner, this is a good place to make the point. And the point basically goes like this, that all good hustlers know that it's not all about talking the talk all the time. You can be the world's most talented musician and sell a thousand albums a second or something. But if you stumble when it comes to making decisions about what deal is best suited to you and your music, or if you walk blindly into a contract, you may as well get an application form from Nando's today because that is going to be the hottest contract you sign in your life and initially they will definitely pay you better as well i'm not out here to knock anyone's hustle if you work at nando's and that pays your rent do you be proud of that never be ashamed you know because there is a rapper somewhere i guarantee you this who wishes they were stacking paper like you you know it's the first time i've said the sentence and i haven't laughed and some of you might be tempted to laugh here as well but it's like it's super real talk, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. As an artist, it's your responsibility to sort of go from Chihuahua to Rottweiler. And I know that it's biologically impossible, just bear with my analogy for a second, because I really think that gathering knowledge around the subject of contracts can greatly increase your chances of not only extending the reach of your music or the sphere of your influence, but it actually gives you a real chance at the success you imagine for you and your art. Whether you dream of your music being the soundtrack to the world's most iconic ads or movies, or you dream of going on tour, contracts are often at the heart of all interactions in the music industry and can truly be the make or break moment in an artist's career. Try to think about them kind of like the spine of the industry, you know? And the thing about the spine is, is that nothing stands without it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I said nothing stands without the spine, man. And I know it's a little obvious when I put it like that, but there's such a, dig a big deal that we've all heard rumors about artists who are actually willing to sell their souls to get one. Actually, wait, let me correct this sentence. We have all heard rumors of our favorite artists having sold their souls. <laughs> to get a contract <laughs> man what kind of reality do we live in that is actually so crazy and anyway i know nothing about something that crazy i'm not a pamphlet at mtn or you know i don't know Marabastak that says join the illuminati i don't have the clues i don't have the answers sway <laughs> so if anyone was hoping to hear that on this episode man you can turn it right off here brother god bless you you know good luck <laughs> but you know to be real for a second like even though some artists have not sold their literal physical like physical immortal souls 
to get a record deal it's no secret that some of them probably feel like they have figuratively you know some of the world's most popular musicians are broke because they signed bad deals there are some who could have been great but the label won't release their music due to contractual disputes or how many stories have you heard about artists not seeing a dime of the money from an album that they made you know it's kind of rough and you know Don't get me wrong, I don't want to scare anyone off the idea of signing a contract or collaborating with independent labels or particular brands in a deal. I just feel like it is important to say at the beginning of today's episode that contracts can be the catalyst that speeds up your career or the anchor that weighs it into the endless steps of Davy Jones' locker. And we don't want any bootstrap bills in the rap game, man. So today's episode is all about covering the types of contracts that I think all musicians should know about. In the second third of the show, we will delve into two out of the four, uh, out of the four selected contracts that I've selected for today's show. Because between two and four, I believe that is the number of goals that Chelsea will average per match. And all the haters can hit me up on Facebook. <laughs> Leave something in the comments. Let me know how you feel about Chelsea winning the league. And after that, we'll define a few terms, you know, and then discuss the advantages and advantages from the perspective of an independent artist. In the final third of the show, we will discuss the last two contracts. However, at this point, guys, I must stress again how important it is for you to do your own further research and to probably contact a legal professional before entering into any kind of contract. They are legally binding and there is no excuse on earth that will save you or get you out of one. You know what I mean? So anyway, to continue, on the other hand, and contrary to popular belief, you know, uh, contracts seems to be like these this boogeyman in the industry And a lot of people are very afraid to enter into one because they've heard nightmarish stories and we've all seen one. Megan Thee Stallion was involved in a very public contractual battle just last year. You know what I mean? But it's not always a a bad thing to get into a contract. You know, there are some contracts that can be really beneficial to individual artists, producers, songwriters, and anyone who's worked with a group to produce a particular work of art. It then becomes important to know how to spot a bad deal from a good one and to know how long you should commit yourself, you know. Uh, Pretty much, it's important to know whether you think you are getting what you think your work is worth. In a nutshell, it's important to start thinking about protecting yourself your art and your artistic freedoms by learning to recognize what fair terms look like. It also becomes important then to realize that if anyone is offering you a deal or a contract and they go on to say that they would like to enter into an agreement with you, they do so not out of some burning desire to perform a random act of kindness, you know. It's not like record labels are like Black Santa and they go around giving out record deals in the hood, you know, once a year for every good boy or girl i promise you that's not because that's not the reason why they're giving out this record deal you know it's because they have an expectation and most probably a predetermined financial goal that they'd like to reach using you and your music you know you don't want to end up in debt you know because you don't know how to navigate uh the the world of contracts i suppose and you don't want to end up stunting your growth because you're too afraid to enter this world you know, it's always difficult uh, because the artist and the label, you know, they, they're they always at odds, uh, often trying to one-up each other on 
some small percentage or detail, you know. But if independent artists and labels and basically anyone who's doing dealing with contracts are willing to look at the uh, at contracts and deals as a series of negotiated compromises and stepping stones to reaching their own goals, win-win situations can be created and careers launched. At the end of the day, guys, it will always be about the business and labels are very serious about theirs. This episode is a breakdown on how you can start thinking about getting serious about yours. As always, I have posted more than just a few articles on our Facebook page just as a launch pad, you know, somewhere to get you started. That will invariably go into a lot more depth and detail than I can in this single episode so make sure to hit that up that is 808 and 16th avenue and just a quick reminder to everyone that 808 and 16th avenue is actually spelled out in words and not input numerically so the number eight becomes the word spelled e-i-g-h-t but before i forget the other half of the reason why i'm here kind of seems like i do it every week anyway let me play you a short selection of the music that i have compiled for today's episode I do hope you enjoy it, and I'll be waiting to unravel to unravel the hustle with you on the other side of the music break. Let's get it. Anton on the track. Black on black and star, so I locate ash where you are. Lips on, blood red, mask stains on. Thought provoking when the motion. Yeah, my heart is barely broken. If love was staying white, t shirt on. I never soak it. Been broke, pissed off, cheated on. Kept it passive while I raised the bar. Push me, bitch, I don't plan to talk. Yeah, I'm in the midst. I drop bars. You got pom poms. I drip broth. I've been boss. You gotta dig deep for me. Piling on these thoughts to make these songs. Whole lot of shit, gang. Whole lot I need that tip. Takes a lot to be a bad bitch, so I'm on my own doing good things. Good things, I mean good for me. I like rings, not apologies. Mama told me that she part of me. Spent days on my knees, feel the caved in the unease. Now I'm rapping out of my league for the money as quadies. Getting bread for my people. When I drop, it's a main drip from a dope pit on your whole pitch. It's a hit, so you gon' stitch and I won't miss. Promise, let them know that I'm on it. And I blow them regardless. Honest topics, conscious optics. Maria. Maria. Bitch grow like the sun is up But I never did like a drug bust Me and my bros on hard bucks Put your little kitty to the side like a Hansa On your pride like sugar on a jelly tot Jack, I'm hopping out the box Trap, I'm making out the trap out It's a flow when my shit drop Diving on my flow, please get a boat No, I had the right notes Black Mary, skin tag Chit chat, better keep pads Big bag with a king tag ah, Bring it back Rhea Maria Rhea Maria Ria Maria Ria 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 Maria Ria Ria Maria Ria 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 Maria Ria Ria Maria Ria Ria Maria Ria Ria 
Y'all ain't ready for this shit? Tryna warn you, mother. Doesn't care about your money. He doesn't care about telling you about his own 
he's actually all about calling you out on your bluff and i love that about this guy man he keeps it consistently 100 percent i'm actually also so genuinely excited to see their journeys unfold and with the amount of talent that they're showcasing here it is only a matter of time before someone takes notice and offers them the opportunity to get signed up whether they take it or not we get to witness that come up from front row seats right here on the block and get eternal bragging rights which is more than enough for me i will brag you know but while we're on the subject of people getting signed up, if you've just walked into the room, today's episode is all about giving you guys a breakdown on the four types of contracts that I think all musicians should know about. I will deal with two types in this third of the show just so that I have a little time to define what contracts actually are and touch a little on how they work. So let me just start there with the definition. What is a recording contract? A recording contract is a legal agreement between a record label and a recording artist or artists. If you happen to be maybe a member of a group or a member of a band where the artist makes music for the label to sell and promote. Usually when you sign to a particular record label you are only allowed to record for that label. Any music that you make and is featured on anyone else's album, the label you are signed to will make it known explicitly that you are their artist and they may even receive a percentage from the sales of that song. Now, what becomes evident from the onset of this definition is the fact that ownership is at the heart of all contracts and what they are trying to own is the copyrights to your music and your masters. Owning that copyright gives them the right to reproduce and exploit the recording which does not include the song behind it or the lyrics. Now if you're wondering what your masters are, they are the original recording of a song, sound or performance. Obviously you can have your masters in various formats including but not limited to analog tape or mp3. Seeing as the copyright to your music is basically all you have as an artist, you begin to see just how important contracts really are. Thankfully, they tend to come in two different categories, which really helps to keep a complicated topic simple, or as simple as we can keep it in this episode. And these types of categories are basically the recording contracts that will not allow you to own any of the rights to your music and those that will. This is important because from the beginning you know what you're getting yourself into A and B because in entering the agreement a tone is set for the rest of your contractual relationship. A few other noteworthy points I'd like to mention about contracts before I move on to one of the two we will be discussing in this third of the episode. The first point I'd like to mention is that sometimes you may be offered a recording contract that does not include a publishing contract. What that means is that the label will cover your beat and not the lyrics that go over it. It's crazy, I know, but some record labels do not have an established publishing department, in which cases you will have to find your own publisher and probably pay them out of your own pocket. A second point is that most contracts that you sign with a particular record label often state how long the contract you are entering will last for. Word on the street has it that it is better to sign a one-year contract with an option to renew than it is to sign an initial long-term contract. If you'd like an in-depth discussion on why that is the case, make sure you hit up our Facebook page where there are many interesting articles on the subject of contracts posted. Another point I'd like to touch on is that of territory or where geographically speaking, the terms of your contracts cover. In other words, where in the world the record label is willing to work for you. Most labels will generally have a universal territory, meaning they cover the whole world. 
but smaller local-based labels are not so lucky in their coverage. In this case, you may have to enter a distribution or licensing deal with a separate label or publisher to distribute your music in a different part of the world. Having said that, it's time to get into the first contract that I think all musicians should know about. Not only because it is one of the most common types of contracts that a musician may be offered, but because of the glaring advantages and disadvantages that come with signing it. I am talking about the 360 deal. This is a contract in which the label has a stake in all the revenue streams that you as an artist create. That is to say that the label mainly invests heavily in the production, marketing and distribution of your music. But if as a result of their investment, your brand gains so much traction that you get to such a point that you're big enough to go on tour. And let's say while you're on that tour, you start selling merchandise and you make money off that. Your record label may feel like they are entitled to some of the revenue due to the initial investment they made in signing you. Irrespective of whether or not they may have helped you fund that tour or create them that merchandise. As if that isn't enough, it is also possible to sign a 360 deal that does not offer publishing as a service, in which case you may also have to pay a publisher. Which, in earnest, and to be honest, shouldn't be too much of a problem if you're considering signing a 360 deal, because these deals come with the added perk of an advance, or money the label lends you to either push the lifestyle of the rich and the famous, or to pay the aforementioned publisher. What is not always made explicitly clear to artists or what artists generally misunderstand is that the label will expect you to pay that advance back and you will not receive any royalties until the advance is paid back. So how does it work? How does an artist get paid? Well, a 360 deal may offer you a flat royalty rate. It sounds like bank, bank jargon and you'd be surprised just how much like banks record labels really are. That ranges between 10 and 35%. People most likely to be on the lower end of that range are artists that have little to no fans or exposure in the industry. Alternatively, percentages may be split across various varying sources of income. For example, 20% on publishing, 30% on merchandise, 50% on touring, etc. So what does this mean? Okay, Let's create a rapper profile for a rapper. I'm going to call him OG Gutter. Because he's just dirty, you know. And let's say that he signs a 360 deal that does not offer him a publishing deal. And he hires a publisher out of his pocket for five bucks. He takes the flat rate option offered by the label and makes the label a hundred bucks. Let's assume OG is an assassin on the mic and he's well known so the label offers him 35%. From a hundred bucks he gets 35 bucks. He pays the publisher five bucks. Now he has 30 bucks. Let's say he, sm he smarts up, you know, and realizes that 35% of 100 is beans, and he invests his remaining 30 bucks into merchandise that he will sell at his shows. Let's assume it's a good idea, and he makes 200 bucks from selling merchandise. His label hear of his, of his success and come down to see him and demand 65% of the 200 bucks he just made, well, because they invested in him. OG doesn't mind though because you know he's a man of integrity so he renegotiates his deal in favor of splitting the percentage across income streams. Now let's say his second album makes a thousand bucks and he makes another thousand off merchandise. Let's also assume that he makes a straight up banger that has the, this catchy line in it and that line is used in commercials, movies and he makes another thousand bucks from publishing. 
let's accept the split that I mentioned a little earlier where they offer him 20% on publishing, 30% on merchandise, and 15% on album sales. That leaves OG with a total of 650 bucks out of a potential 3k. It seems like, you know, they're robbing him blind. I'd say they were robbing him blind. That's what I'd say. But, you know, let's remember that OG paid nothing towards marketing or recording. OG doesn't have to go out into the industry to form relationships with producers to get his music played on the radio, nor does he have to worry about sourcing engineers, producers, ghostwriters, or what else or whatever else he may need to make a fire track. All he really has to worry about is recording. I suppose this is an advantage, you know? And the fact that the label is also willing to lend him some money to improve his immediate situation is also an advantage. But I think the biggest advantage of all for OG is the kind of exposure that the label offers him. Having a corporate team with a high budget working just to make sure your music sells is the kind of support an upcoming artist often needs. Because even if he had no fans at all, the record label would have made sure that someone had at least heard his music, you know. However, the disadvantages are, are a little bit too much for me, you know. I don't think I'll be signing any 360 deals anytime soon, I'll tell you that. And that is the biggest takeaway from this deal. It's either you take it or you leave it. It really isn't for everyone, mostly because 360 deals come with degrees of label interference A and B. 360 deals often do not give you the option of keeping the copyright to your music, which is essentially a step away from gross exploitation. To be fair, however, you know, I need to be fair. The higher the number, the more 35% actually is. So 35% of a million is better than 35% of 100 bucks. But it seems that in this particular deal, the label is looking to make the max amount of money from your music, especially if you are paying other people on the side, like managers, publishers, promoters, agents, and your label doesn't get involved, yet they still have the right to decide whether you can work with these people or not, you know. But still, the reason why record labels hold so much pull in the industry is due to the power behind their contacts and what being backed by one of them can do for your music. Funnily enough, J. Cole was on a 360 deal and though he wasn't particularly happy about it, he mentions the benefits of having a label invest in a lot more than just your music. So they will invest in you becoming more wholesome as a musician, for example. And not many artists reveal those details, but hey, I guess J. Cole is just different. And before I move on to the second type of contract that I think all artists should know about, I would like to highlight a point from the discussion we've just had. And it is the fact that if you have more presence in the industry, like if you have, I don't know, 50,000 followers and something like 25,000 downloads to your name, on songs that you've released without the help of a label, you gain what I'd like to call leverage, which opens up higher royalty rates and ultimately better deals and more revenue for you. This is something that all artists think about and where some creative people really shine. The next contract I'm going to talk about is beneficial to artists who are just beginning to build a presence, whereas the 360 deal is beneficial to anyone who's willing to accept its terms. The single record deal is all about the production and release of a single or a series of singles. A contract beneficial to both parties as the record label is willing to mitigate risk by investing in a limited amount of the artist's music and thereby gauge their future success while the artist gains the advantage of being marketed and pushed by a label. 
even if the deal falls into the first of the two categories of contracts, uh, which generally means forfeiting the rights to a single track, it is still infinitely better than forfeiting the rights to a full album. Better yet, if the label chooses to extend their relationship with you and ask to release more singles, or if they then choose to enter into an album deal with you, you can now choose to sell them the album without the rights because you own all of those. You know? And it's important to sta state here that the royalty rate for a single deal is lower than that of an album deal. Because as I mentioned earlier, record labels feel like a single deal uh, is, is a bit of a risk, you know, whereas an album deal is proof of an artist's establishment in the industry. So those artists negotiate a better royalty rate. Another added advantage of the single record deal is that the artist has the choice of including a track equivalency album or stream equivalency album, which means that if you're on an album deal, the sale of a single song from it can be counted under the album royalty rate. Okay, I feel like I didn't really explain anything. So what I mean is, for example, you have an album deal, but on that album, there is a particular song that is downloaded and streamed more than any other. You can negotiate a deal where maybe 10 downloads of that particular song count as the equivalent to an album sale, which ultimately means that you earn the higher album royalty rate despite the fact that the royalties are from a single track, which kind of means that actually there is no losing provided your music brings the heat, you know what I mean? So, so far, I think the biggest takeaway I've got from these first two contracts is that it is good to have leverage, which is ultimately working at establishing and growing your brand. Irrespective of which deal you choose, your brand will have to navigate the contract, so to speak, which is somewhat redundant if your brand is without direction. But anyway, you know, before I talk your ears off, let me know what you think of the episode. I absolutely love hearing from all of you. But for now, let's dip into a quick music break, and when we get back, we'll discuss the last two contracts and wrap the show up. You are on 808 and 16. Shout out Boombap for putting this whole thing together on some nostalgic shit. Rap Olympics is back. Zip your pants up, fatty, I got you. Listen to the lyrics all day, every day. You think? If a nigga really want it, come and get it. All I can say is somebody gonna need a minute. And if you trying to say something, but you out of space, I'll make it easy, nigga. You could pick the time and place. If a nigga really want it, come and get it. All I can say is somebody gonna need a minute. And if you tryna say something but you out of space, I'll make it easy, nigga. You could pick the time and place. I feel like this that 97 grimy rap Olympian shit. Said fuck rap, y'all gave me the limpiest dick. I'm pimping your script, dog. Don't tempt me, I'm lit. I sent plenty home for tenny owns with pennies on licks. Uh, acquired capital, hire aptitude when it's ops out. Wired attitude, fire back at you when get clocked out. Getting top down in the back of a blocked out Uber. Hot box clouds, I hop out Bula. Fuck it, I'm in Josie now. Blood spill still below the knee count. I beat down beats on fields to kill Bill Beep out. Samurai, never left the studio. My alibi, hella fly. A mellow guy in like my 11th prime. I've been dangerous since a teenager. 23 later, key major, never been greater. Charlie J, the beat, I fiend paper. Got the scripted like I seen the savior. Boom bap like what Ali gave him. Yo, we need to sway here right now. 
Talk your shit, Sway. Yeah, yeah. Alright, fuck it, I'll do it my damn self. Check it if a nigga really wanna come and get it. All I can say is somebody gonna need a minute. And if you tryna say something, but you out of space, I'll make it easy, nigga. You could pick the time and place. If a nigga really wanna come and get it. All I can say is somebody gonna need a minute And if you tryna say something but you out of space I'll make it easy nigga you could pick the time and place Don't flush, yeah. When I get money, I still get a rush, yeah. Too much is not enough, yeah. Fuck it sometimes, but we always in touch, yeah. Asking the shorty, do you wanna visit? Yeah. She don't stay over cause pimping is pimping, yeah. She walk in my room and say, this how you living, yeah. Come your ass down, let's get back to the business. Jacking your floor, now I sound like beginners, yeah You never hit cause she only fuck winners, yeah You try to bite, you gon' need you a dentist, yeah Shawty so bad and I'm Dennis the man. I need my feet, the cream, the whip, yeah. Everything up to my standards Shawty be twerking and doing the splits She say she dance but she liking some talents Liking some manners King of the zoo and the lord of the malice I need the challenge you go forget about handle the damage. He wore the gangster clothing like the Nike Cortez shoes, dicky pants, penitent shirts, and head bandanas. He was full of tattoos, but they didn't bully him. They were in awe of him. He looked like one of those people from the movies. They wanted to be just like him. You have to love yourself first. This shit is different. I see they shook epileptic, smoking my section. So much it blur out my vision. I'm moving different. You niggas is pussy, just how I predicted. Just a gimmick. I done came with the fuego since in the beginning. This shit is all in my jeans. If you come in sideways, I might get offended. You niggas pretenders know that you've been living different from what you've been giving the listeners. That be the difference. I don't really got a limit. Give it to them how I feel it. Gordon Ramsay, how I whip it. Ain't just anybody fucking with me in the kitchen. Cold case, I'm connected like some gold links. Man, look at how the road switch. Okay, I've been flipping flows, getting dough while getting high the whole day. Always up to something. Confidential, how I'm living, private location. Yeah. Look at the all we create. Really ain't no wonder why they be hating. Touchdown in the end zone. I roll up in buildings, you can go. Deep in the mind like a mango. Chains on me like I'm Django. My grass always greener when they try compare. 24 karat halo, that's your rare. My only competition in the mirror. Tunnel vision, never look to the rear. Remember that thing song from Cheers where everybody knows your name? And they're always glad you came. It was like that every day. But it wasn't long before I regretted my, my decision. I became a target overnight. But it was too late. What was I supposed to do? All these bitches know that I've been pimping. This shit is different. This right here different. 
know these niggas inconsistent. This shit is diff. This right here diff. He had respect, power, and pride. Everything that I didn't have. I wonder what it would be like to be him, to be revered in your own neighborhood. That night I made a decision, and it only got worse. to an 808 heavy simplistic banger i am here to deliver the bars fresh out the kitchen though i must say the mcs make it easy to pick their music first up we had the absolute pleasure of listening to mvula dre participate in the rap olympics every time i hear this guy's music i find one more reason not to listen to people who say hip-hop is dead this guy is unbelievably talented and he's another problem that I would gladly spend the entire day talking about. And yes, talking about Mvula Drake takes up roughly 24 hours. But we'll move on because I don't think any of us are ready for that conversation. After him, we had Zuchi Coke Dope featuring Diamonds with Different. I am an absolute fan of this beat, man. I was also impressed by how Zuchi opens the track with what seems like endless punchlines and how Diamonds finishes it off by changing the flow up. Not to forget to mention that catchy loop, man. I don't even know what instrument that is. I just refer to it as the melody that makes it sound like it's from an old school western. But anyway, enough of what I think. Let me know what you think of the music and who you are currently listening to. I absolutely love finding new music and would love to be, be put on by you. So hit me up on 808 and 16th. And welcome back to the Corner Man, where just before the music break, we'd cover two out of the four types of contracts that I think all musicians should know about. Now we've already discussed some of the advantages and disadvantages of the 360 and single record deals respectively, which are deals mostly offered by a record label to an artist, which had me wondering whether any kind of feel exists for, the, for an artist who is determined to cut the label out of their entire musical process, and lo and behold, it turns out there is. A distribution deal is a deal entered by an individual who has taken complete control of the recording process uh, let's say maybe you've uh, gone out and you've recorded your own album already you know you're basically turning up to a record label with a finished product so then you enter a deal with the record label with the intent of using their marketing promotional and business team to make the single or album as successful as possible this deal is beneficial from the onset because the master copyright rests in the creator's control which is you and depending on the type of leverage the artist has a relatively good deal can be negotiated another advantage of this approach is that the artist can take their time creating instead of working to really strict label deadlines however you know this kind of deal is not just beneficial to the independent artist but equally as beneficial to the independent label owner who may get their hands on a fire album and choose to distribute it on behalf of an artist but what is often the case with uh, independent labels is that the team may be small and therefore unable to fully capitalize on the opportunity that album presents so an independent label may choose to sign a distribution deal with a larger record label or a record label in another country to make the best of a big opportunity 
to make the best of a big opportunity. I meant to make the most of a big opportunity. But anyway, the final contract that I'm going to talk about overlaps with the previous one in a unique way in that a production deal is usually a deal entered by a label whether major or independent with an individual producer where the label's main focus is on the recording and production of your music which essentially means that a production deal has nothing to do with the distribution of your music this deal can still be tremendously advantageous however to anyone who cannot afford to record and is looking for a record deal what is important to note about the produ production deal is what the label plans to do with your music post-production and it would be worthwhile to figure out who their distribution partners are and whether the label has access to resources and tools necessary for the success of your music. But it seems like this particular deal is most beneficial to anyone who owns a standalone production company. If you've got the right skill set and a penchant for spotting talent, a major label could sign your production label as a talent incubator. Now, I'm not sure if that is the actual term for it. It just sounds like that to me the longer I think about it. Because a major label is signing you to essentially produce music on one side, but on the other side to find artists to develop and nurture to produce bangers for which they offer you a 50-50 split. That sounds pretty fair to me. But I have to mention that you, as the producer and owner of the label, are then responsible for paying the talents that you have nurtured. So your 50-50 split might not look like 50 anymore, you know, it might look something like 34-43. I mean, if you're that cheap, but you know what I mean. <laughs> to be honest, though, I can't really think of any disadvantages to these last two deals, though I stand to be corrected. If anyone has spotted any, let me know in the comment section below the episode. I did, however, think of one advantage, and that is the internet, on which there are so many experts who are willing to answer questions on precisely these kinds of things. And I found a great summary on contracts online, written by music attorney Mark Quayle, who has been practicing law since 1990, and who has a podcast called The Music Law Podcast. All of these things I have linked on our Facebook page. So if you're interested, make sure to check that out. But basically, he's answered what he thinks are some of the most important questions about contracts. And one of the most eye-opening answers is when he was asked whether an, an artist needs a recording contract. To which he answered, not necessarily. An artist needs marketing muscle and money to cover the cost of social media management to be successful. The days of having to spend large amounts of money in a recording studio to produce are over, which is true, especially if we consider how many rappers have been discovered through SoundCloud. Mark goes on to say, however, that that can only get artists so far before they need bigger representation. I'm going to stop here so that I can bring up the points I've been making about leverage. I started off by saying how leverage at its most basic is about building a brand to negotiate the contract. Let's assume that you've managed to build a strong brand with something like 1.5 million followers and you're at the point where you need bigger representation. The strong brand is the one that will negotiate your increased royalty rate. As the episode has progressed, I am starting to realize that leverage is a lot more than that, which means ultimately that the first contract an artist ever signs is with themselves in committing to make the best of what they're capable of, of consistently delivering a high standard of work 
and of educating and developing a skill beyond just beyond uh, beyond just being an MC or a producer or a guitarist that way you're giving yourself a fighting chance straight from the jump as the saying goes you can't hustle a hustler and I think that's because the hustler knows the hustle anyways guys that's been today's episode I hope it's been both entertaining and informative please let me know what you think of the content and the music but before I play the last few songs on today's playlist, let me touch on what next week's episode will be covering. I will be unpacking the subject of online distributors for those who after today's episode are still unconvinced by the contract talk and are all about the hustle. I look at some of the most popular ones, how they work and how much you can look to make from one in 2020. All of that on next week's episode. As for the rest of this one, you have just Jabba to look forward to. He's on a song called Flipa. After him is a thought-provoking reminder of the price many South Africans paid in, on, in order to win the rights to be taught in their own languages. A good example of why hip-hop is beautiful, a great reminder of its heritage, and a fantastic way to close the show. That's June 16 by Empha87. God bless your hustle. You've been on the corner of 808 and 16. So the noise, Pumada. Steve, choppy chop, Steve, skilo mupina. The push, the pantsuit. I see caviar. Many pants, need my pants, going on Macarena. It's me, myself, and my dad, and my diva. Fuck that, but I'm set up.
yourself. June, a fitting setting for a cold tale. Steps taken at 76, cold trail. The young black stood up against the old pale, reminding them how we never needed coat tails. Never needed coats, always had our skin. Always been the goats, slaughter for their sins. Merchants on a boat, sort of, sort of dream. Converted wild rivers into tame streams. Humbled, told us how we fumbled. Told that we should learn a tongue that would have us crumble. How we got our own tie left us in a mumble. They don't want to hear it. The truth is like a bumble. B stings, but we heard from what the memories bring. Our feet hurt from all these broken streets. We used to walk barefoot, nature touching souls. Now the mother beaten under booted marching feet. Young Peterson was shot on the fucking spot. Wagunzi, my bab Sam, but you did the parts. Showed the whole world how they had us in a knot. Wondering if Hector ever got to shoot a shot. never born yet but i feel the hell every year cold winter and a holiday palms sweaty pray the mind will always hold the day close i feel it slipping away the heart will hold the day close the tears are dripping away from all the eyelids closed not a position of threat but hope to get the pick Seventy-six. I'll never forget what you did for us.